I'm Hannah Garland, mom, wife, formerly overwhelmed human being, and I believe in living an uncommon life. In my uncommon life, I know I'm not meant to be a perfect person, but I am meant to be a peaceful one, free from anxiety and unrest. In pursuit of this purpose, I live intentionally, making choices to take care of myself, simplify all facets of my life, and trust in God. Do you feel like it takes every ounce of your energy just to barely get through each day? Too often people, especially wives and moms, feel chronically anxious and unwell because they don't devote time to understanding what would truly bring them peace and joy. Meanwhile, they go through the motions and miss out on their purpose. I want to invite you to stop surviving and start thriving. Learning to thrive can be a simple notion. Sometimes it looks like getting through the day, but with more peace and fulfillment. Your uncommon life will look differently than anyone else's. My goal is to empower you with the knowledge to make choices for yourself that are beneficial for your mind, body, and soul. This is your uncommon life. Start living it. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about busyness. We are all super busy, right? We never have time for anything. There aren't enough hours in the day. I get it. I have lived through a lot of busyness. Though I usually felt like a victim to it, in hindsight, I can see that it was often self-inflicted. I had made a series of small choices that ultimately altered my life. We tend to think that life consists of a few key moments, but in reality, we are where we are due to the cumulative effect of every tiny choice that we've made. So I made a lot of choices that led to years of busyness, exhaustion, and stress. I thought life would always be that way, but now with a child, my life is actually less stressful than ever because I've altered the way I make choices. When I was younger and unmarried, I always worked two jobs. When I married and only worked one job, I must have suddenly felt idle and felt the need to fill my life with more things. Add to that my former inability to set boundaries and say no, and suddenly I was completely busy at work, with volunteering, with social obligations, and training to fight. Of course, there was also mindless scrolling of news feeds, social media, watching TV. Put all those things together, and I never seemed to have time for the things that I said mattered to me. My priorities just weren't prioritized. I didn't invest in my marriage as much as I should have, and a lot of friendships sat on the sidelines unless they fit in with my crazy schedule. Years passed by in an instant as I pushed back other hobbies and house projects as well. I wore busyness like a badge of honor, like I imagine many other Americans do. Today, we are going to talk about the sickness of busyness. We are constantly busy, especially in Western developed societies. Busyness is basically a religion here. We act like it's a sign of productivity, value, and meaning. But it's actually weighing us down, causing stress, and making us delay focusing on our priorities. We are busier than ever, and there is evidence of our worship of busyness. Just look at the average person's output. Between emails, social media, and real work, we are highly active these days. For example, in 1986, the average American worker produced the equivalent of two and a half newspaper pages of content each day. In 2011, 
25 years later, it was estimated that this amount had risen to six complete newspapers each and every day. That's a 200-fold increase in content output per person, and that was 10 years ago. Imagine what it would be now. Our input has risen even more dramatically now thanks to phones with news feeds, social media, audiobooks, and constant TV streaming. It is easy to keep your mind completely occupied at all times. It is hard to not stay busy with these idle behaviors. How often do you do nothing? Nothing meaning you aren't looking at screens or listening to something. Just do nothing except maybe walk or sit in a bath. Your brain needs these moments of respite to be creative and thoughtful. The challenge is that idleness has never been praised. Humans were meant to be productive. Prior to industrialization, most people, with the exception of upper classes who have servants and stuff, most people spent all working hours trying to survive. Working the land, sewing clothes, and churning butter. They were busy, but all activities were productive and necessary. With modern inventions like dishwashers, refrigerators, washers and dryers, grocery delivery, we have saved hours per day, and yet, we still feel like we're running out of time. Nowadays, we still don't praise idleness, so we fill our free time and stay busy with other things. The problem is that our busyness is not as productive as it once was. And where it is productive, it's not as reflective of our priorities as we'd like. This is why people often seem harried and stressed, like they're running out of time and can't focus on what they really care about. How often do you say, I just don't have time, or I want to, but I just can't right now, I'll get to it later? What priorities are you not making time for? If you wrote down a list of your top priorities and then compared it to how you actually spent your time, you are likely to find that your priorities aren't truly prioritized. And if they are, then hats off to you. I want you as a guest on my show. Tell me your secrets. If you suffer from busyness and feel like you don't have time for what matters to you, then it might be time to do the hard thing and get really intentional about your time. First, it might be helpful to consider why you are so busy now. How did you get to this place? Here are a few common reasons. And your reason might be different, but maybe this will help you consider what your reason is. Often people stay busy because it's actually the easier option. It is easy to not set boundaries, to say yes when people invite you places or offer you more work. It's easier to pick up your phone or watch TV than it is to intentionally do something restful or more productive. It is hard to say no. It is hard to get intentional with your time or to jump out of the rat race when everyone else is jumping in. It is hard to do the unconventional thing and not put your kids in 10 different activities or volunteer for PTA when everyone else is. So these little choices to relax your boundaries or to say yes are sort of a slippery slope into perpetual busyness. Suddenly you're flooded and you don't really know how you got there. Reaching for the easiness of busyness is also a way that we avoid tackling bigger, more complex problems. If we let ourselves get too busy with small things or constantly check email instead of focusing at work, we can avoid working harder. I know that I certainly felt too overwhelmed by some of the hairy projects around my house. I let them sit for years. So I used my busyness, which was real, as a reason to not tackle them. It was easier to stay busy than to figure out how to do the hard work. 
I'm not saying that people make this choice consciously. It's not like you're thinking, how can I avoid working hard? But your brain is wired to find the easiest pathway. And unless you're super disciplined and intentional, you might get outsmarted sometimes. Busyness can also be addictive, especially when it comes to our phones and social media. Think about how hard it would be to ignore your phone for an entire day. Don't grab it when you wake up. Go a whole day without the dopamine rush of constant notifications. We are addicted to the idle busyness of constantly being on our phones and it prevents us from doing what actually matters to us. You think you're just going to check a text message, but then you get pulled into a dark hole on YouTube or on Facebook and suddenly 45 minutes go by and you're not quite sure what you accomplished. Sound familiar? So what is driving the need to fill your days and fill your schedule? I'm sure there are many reasons for you, and they might be different than anyone else's. Are you filling your time because you fear missing out? Are you doing it to avoid idleness? Are you very busy because it's an outward sign of productivity at work? For some of you, it might be by necessity. You might actually need to work two jobs, for example. But I know this isn't the norm for most of us. The rest of you might think you need to do what you're doing. or might not be thinking as deeply as you should about what you're doing with your time. After all, it is hard to be super intentional about your time when your mind is constantly occupied. You need to find a way to step back, get your head above the weeds, assess how you're spending your time, and then simplify. But we'll get into that later. A few years ago, I was too busy because I felt compelled to be busy. I didn't really question what I was doing. I didn't really question if or how the busyness would ever end. Since then, I've realized that busyness never ends on its own unless you make some really intentional choices to change your mindset and your habits. I was regularly working 70-hour work weeks, and I was on salary, so there's no overtime, (laughs) and I thought I had to overwork at my job in order to be successful. I thought that busyness was a sign of productivity, when in fact busyness can be a sign of inefficiency, but that's a separate conversation. Outside of work, I had made a big volunteer commitment and thought that it was the right thing to do to stay committed, even though it was taking hours a week out of my schedule, and I was already so tired. A few times a week, I also had social obligations that I felt I couldn't say no to. I loved to exercise and did it more than I needed to because I was interested in fighting. Everything else took a backseat to these things. At the end of the day, I was so tired that I wasted time watching TV or on my phone. I always thought I would get to the things I really wanted to prioritize later, but later turned into years later, and I never changed. So a couple of years ago, I was burned out, tired, sick, and miserable. I was so tired of being busy. I felt stuck. I didn't really know how to get out of this cycle, and I was aware it was kind of self-imposed. Even if I stopped exercising so much and cut back on my social life, I was still working too much and had this big volunteer commitment I I felt like I couldn't get out of. I wished I hadn't ever got myself into the situation I was in in the first place. Guilt is the reason I never said no and didn't streamline my commitments. I felt guilty leaving work, the volunteer organization, or any friends hanging. I felt guilty leaving a community of people at my fighting gym. I felt guilty for all these external things, but I wasn't taking care of myself and my top priorities. After months of letting that guilt eat away at me and letting my schedule suffocate me, 
I realized I had to let it all go. My guilt wasn't productive guilt. Productive guilt points to something you've actually done wrong. Unproductive guilt, which is what I was experiencing, is based in lies that you tell yourself or that someone else tells you and expectations like cultural expectations of you or expectations that other people like family or work put on you. And then when you don't fulfill those expectations, you feel a little guilty, though you've actually done nothing wrong. After a lot of self-talk, I let go of the guilt that was clearly weighing me down, and then I was able to make changes. One by one, I tackled each thing that was making me too busy and simplified my life. The big scheduled commitments are the easiest way to clear your schedule so you can see above the weeds and start to make progress on some of the smaller things. I have a whole blog post about getting your head above the weeds and being productive on my website, youruncommonlife.com. I'll put it on the homepage there. The first thing I did was I quit the volunteer commitment. I felt guilty leaving it, but it was for the best. I was working with kids and it required a lot of emotional investment, but I definitely couldn't help them if I was mentally and emotionally checked out. Additionally, and this is kind of a hard truth, but I believe good things aren't good things if they prevent you from fulfilling your primary duties and priorities. So a volunteer or a church commitment could feel really important and minister to a lot of people, but if it's taking you away from your primary things, from your personal relationship with God, from your relationship with your spouse and your children, and from caring for your own health, then it is not a good thing for you right now, maybe in the future. But first things first, right? These kind of commitments should add to your life, not subtract from it. And it just wasn't good for me at the time. So I quit. Suddenly, I had several hours free each week. Suddenly, I had several hours free each week, so my head was above the weeds. I was able to think a little more clearly. I picked up steam and I tackled other busy parts of my life. I realized something had to give at work. I was very busy managing an excessive workload, working 70-hour weeks, and I was partly to blame for the mess I was in. I hadn't established strong boundaries, which I talked about in last week's episode titled Protect Yourself and Don't Apologize. I had let the scope of my job increase without ever pushing back or saying no, and suddenly the scope was unmanageable, and there was no end in sight. I was a good employee, though. I got good reviews and I worked hard. So I relied on that when I went to my boss and proposed a role change for me. I went in with a plan to propose a new role that the company needed that would also limit the scope of my job. It was a win-win for everyone. That first conversation didn't work out like I had hoped. They were receptive to what I proposed, but it just wouldn't be possible at that time. However, I'm still glad I brought it up because that conversation was sort of a floodgate for a better future. (laughs) It led to other conversations, and eventually they made much more drastic changes that did make my job a little more manageable. After that, I promised to be more clear about what I needed and what was not working for me. I pushed back when they tried to increase my workload without increasing my resources. If a job seemed like it would take longer than they were telling me it would, I questioned that. I stopped suffering in silence, and I felt empowered to raise concerns knowing that they would fall on receptive ears. Just a quick aside here, because I imagine I'm not the only one who's been given extra work. If you've never tried to push back at work, you might fear consequences or feel uncertain about how your superiors will respond. But if you are a good employee who has earned the ear of the people above you, 
then you might be surprised at what your superiors will do to keep you around. Don't be afraid to stick up for yourself because your work might be one of the biggest areas you can cut back on busyness. We all have to work at some point in our lives, but that doesn't mean it has to suck your life out of you. So the next time someone tries to get you to do more than is in your job description or more than you agreed to, it's okay to ask a few questions, take time to consider it, and ask if something could be taken off of your plate to make room for the new workload. This isn't always possible, but it's totally okay to ask and propose compromises or a new solution. Don't just assume that you always have to say yes. Good employees are not doormats. I always tried to consider the requests of good employees who worked for me. If they communicated and were clear about what they wanted for their career, I would try to give that to them when possible. Sometimes it just wasn't possible. That's life. But I never faulted them for communicating their needs. So be brave. Stand up for yourself. Back to my job. My job became more streamlined after that conversation. I wasn't working early mornings and late nights anymore. They were checking in and making sure I had the resources I needed and I communicated about what I needed. I still quit this job a few months later to better focus on my mental health after my miscarriage. But until then, the small reprieve from the excess busyness I was experiencing was extremely helpful. After this, I was on a war path to simplify my life. This was my way of living uncommonly. I didn't do things just because I thought they were expected of me or because they were what everyone else did. I no longer felt guilty for saying no to something I didn't have to say yes to. I got really intentional about commitments and how I spent my time. From that point forward, I didn't just say yes to things, even good things, without thinking deeply about what that commitment meant. If I commit to something, am I displacing another priority? I decided I couldn't commit to any more volunteer or church activities until I was in the right place with myself again. Social obligations were also drastically deprioritized. I'm pretty introverted to start with, so I need to meter how I interact with people or else I become really drained. Once I got more intentional about saying yes or no, I realized that any time I had a social commitment, I never wanted to do anything else that same day and social obligations two days back to back were just too much for me. So I decided that I would only have a maximum of one social commitment per weekend, and I would never schedule things back to back on the same day. And this goes back to what I said earlier, you protect yourself and don't apologize. I don't tell my friends, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I only do one thing per weekend, I can't come hang out with you. I just give them the objective facts. I'm not free that weekend. Does the next weekend work for you? Finally, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. I decided I would only go to the gym three days a week. Mind you, I still went on runs during my lunch break at work most other days, so I still exercised almost every day and stayed healthy, but I couldn't justify the immense amount of time spent away from home any longer. The gym I was a part of was 25 minutes from my house, And it would often take most of my evening, especially when I was doing a couple hours at a time because I was training. I just didn't want to live through this busyness anymore. I wanted to exercise and stay healthy, but not at the expense of my time with my husband, of my ability to take care of myself, to rest, recuperate, and sleep. My athletic goals weren't more important than my marriage, but by investing in them so heavily, I was demonstrating that they were. Now I work out entirely at home. 
Partially, I was forced to because I live in the middle of nowhere, but it's also by choice. It's nice being able to work out without ever having to leave the house. If you all are interested in my home gym setup, let me know. You can email me at hannah at youruncommonlife.com. I'm thinking of doing a video of my home gym setup with a couple, you know, easy exercises. Those were all of the things that filled my schedule. But how about the random things that filled my days? Well, I also quit social media for two years. It just wasn't fulfilling. Now I am back on social media, but my usage is heavily edited. Though I have a Facebook group for this podcast, it's called Your Uncommon Life Community. You can join it. And I have an Instagram page. I don't have the apps installed on my phone. I just use them in my browser, so I don't get notifications. I only see things when I intentionally go and check my pages, which is only every couple of days. I just can't let social media fill my brain. A quick Google search will reveal that a lot of people seem to think that time management is the solution to modern busyness. But busyness isn't a time problem. You have always had 24 hours in a day. And as I said earlier, with modern conveniences, those 24 hours should be less busy than ever. Busyness isn't a problem of time. It's a problem of, well, busyness, or (laughs) it's a problem of you. You're doing too much stuff and not all of it is necessary. You need to do the hard thing and intentionally streamline your life. You see, simplification is the antidote to busyness, but simplification doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional. If you feel like there is something you wish you could fit into your life, maybe it's a priority like self-care or date nights with your husband, or maybe it's a big project that you've just been pushing off and procrastinating about, but you think you're too busy to do it. It's time to consider where your time really goes and ask yourself the hard questions. Does the way you spend your time reflect your priorities? Does the way you spend your time give you space to tackle those big projects that you keep pushing off? I recently embarked on a week of writing down everything I did so I could see where my time was going on a regular basis. I mean, everything. Every time I picked up my phone. Every time I fed my child. Every time I walked outside to take out the trash. I logged it. Because I figured that if I wanted to make sure I was spending my time well, I needed to establish a baseline and understand how I was currently spending my time. The data would give me the truth. I highly recommend doing this yourself. Write down how you spend your time for at least three days. It got hard after the fourth day, I'm not going to lie. And it became clear that I kind of do the same thing every day because I'm a stay-at-home mom. But if you're a working parent, it might be helpful to do an entire week because each day might look a lot more different than other days. So a whole week might capture the kind of data you need to make good decisions. I thought I would find that I was wasting a ton of time on my phone. And while I could spend much less time on my phone, I was surprised to find that my main issue was self-care or lack thereof. I was spending next to no time taking care of myself beyond basic hygiene. Literally like wash my face, brush my teeth, put on deodorant, and that's, that's self-care for my day. I was always preparing meals, cleaning, writing, or doing childcare. I was very busy all day long, but neglecting myself. This was something I wanted to change because as my children age, I want them to see a mom who's healthy and who feels good. And in order to feel good, I kind of have to take care of myself. 
I also learned that my average time spent on any activity was only 12 minutes. But as a mom, I don't imagine that'll change anytime soon. So I've just accepted that as a fact of my life. You might learn something surprising about where your time goes. What are you busy doing? There are things we fill our schedules with, and then there are things we fill our days with. Schedules are things written down and planned in advance. These are things like work, doctor's appointments, volunteer commitments, play dates, church. We fill our days with everything else, everything unplanned or random. Playing with the kids, mindless scrolling on your phone, unplanned trips to the store, and other random activities. It's easiest to tackle the scheduled things first because you can cancel one thing and free up potential hours each week. Then your head is above the weeds and you can start to make more critical choices. So looking at your schedule, assuming you've written everything down that you've done, this is where you might have to make tough editing choices. Have you made commitments that are preventing you from focusing on your real priorities and purpose? Start now by assessing how you spend your time, compare it to your priorities, and find one thing you can cut out or scale back. These are tough decisions you have to make for yourself, and change may come slowly. You might end up quitting or scaling back things that you actually consider to be good things. But if you're so busy doing good things that you're not a peaceful person, that you're stressed out all the time, that you're not the kind of person you want to be, then you might need a break. A controversial but real example is children's activities. This likely happens a little less now because of COVID, but life will return to normal eventually and you'll have to get really intentional about what you commit your children to. Can you be the peaceful person you need to be and focus on your priorities if you are driving children to different activities every day, possibly multiple times a day? Again, you have to make this choice for yourself. Every family is different, but it's my belief that children can live full lives and become successful people without going to preschool 30 minutes away, playing trumpet, swimming, and participating in 4-H. I believe I can prioritize my children without letting their various activities rule my days. If, when you do track what you do each week, you find that you have a surprising amount of time sunk into the things that fill your days, like your phone or your computer, and these are the things that aren't always productive, then it might be best to find a way to replace those habits with better habits. Because if you get rid of big scheduled commitments or bad habits without replacing them with good habits, you'll just end up spending your time doing more idle, busy things. You'll fall into that pattern that you're highly accustomed to because it's easier. So think about what you want to intentionally do with your time that is not spending time on your phone. Now, breaking the habit of spending time on your phone is hard enough. I want to do a whole podcast on the topic of freeing your mind from digital media, but for now, I'll just give a few quick tips. This will be hard because phones are shockingly addictive. Earlier, I mentioned that hit that you get when you see a new notification. So try to break that addictive response. Shut off your notifications. Like, shut them off entirely. Set a time each day that you'll check email, check texts, check social media if you have to. But You don't need to be bombarded with notifications all day. It'll just make it harder for you to ignore your phone. Then choose to not look at your phone when you first wake up. Replace that habit with something else. It could be coffee, stretching, making your bed, anything else. My friend told me that she only lets herself look at her phone after she reads her Bible, which sounds like a great idea to me. 
Then do not hold your phone at all unless you're actively using it because it's addictive to even hold your phone. But it's not your security blanket. It doesn't have to go with you everywhere. Just set it down or put it in your purse. Next, and I actually think this is a little bit harder, intentionally limit your time on your phone. I went through an exercise recently where I was only allowed to check my phone for five minutes every hour each day. The rest of the hour, the phone was put away so I couldn't see it and be tempted. This was really, really hard and I wasn't entirely successful, but I'm gonna try and do it again. Regularly practicing new habits to replace the old bad habits will keep your mind free of the distractions that seem to make you very busy, though you're not really doing anything at all. Once you remove things from your plate and remove the busyness from your mind, your head will be above the weeds and you will see how you can further simplify your life. You'll actually be looking for ways to do it. You can make your time really reflect your priorities. This is where you can add in those good habits we talked about. Can you add in date nights with your spouse? Can you finally start chipping away at that big project you've been avoiding? Just 30 minutes a day would make a huge difference. This is how you live an uncommon life. When everyone else is running around, working until they're sick, remember that you aren't doing anything wrong by choosing to be different. You have chosen to simplify your life. You've chosen to live intentionally. This is your uncommon life. Start living it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like the podcast, the best way you can help out is to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can visit my website, youruncommonlife.com, to read blogs, find podcast transcripts, and more. Please join my Facebook group, Your Uncommon Life Community, to join a group of supportive people. 